0: iPhone 12, upcoming debut and more coming up on today's episode of The Latest in Tech News. Hey Gadgeteer, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's only 3-in-1 show on tech, gadgets, and gaming news. That's right, this is The Latest in Tech News. My name is Taylor Merrick, and if you're new, hit that subscribe button so that you're sure to stay up to date terms of what's going on. And uh, if you are a subscriber, and you have been listening to the show for a while. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you could take a brief moment or two to leave a review for us out at wherever you're listening, Google, Apple, Spotify, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Always love hearing your feedback and your reviews. So feel free to do that. It'd be greatly appreciated. Let's take a look at what we have Coming up for today, the uh, feature article we'll be getting to is iPhone 12 finally setting the date for its latest iPhone debut. Um, Apple finally decided. Oh, okay. I guess we'll we'll do it then. Uh, iPhone 12 is coming out, so we got news on that. Also, be taking a look at well. A child and his mom suing Nintendo over more Joy-Con drift issues. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll drift right into and out of that article because it's, <laughs> it's actually quite entertaining, but it doesn't take long to get through it. And you're like, oh, seriously? So, um, yeah, the g- good job, Nintendo. We'll also be taking a look at uh, Facebook Revenue Chief says that the ad-supported model is under assault. And there's a couple of things from a business perspective perspective that i wanted to point out that some people may or may not know which kind of makes this slightly juicy of an article so uh you're gonna enjoy it or at least be entertained by it we'll also be taking a look at dell's first mini led monitor uh dropping in at a nice cheap five thousand dollars um but we'll be getting to that in a bit if you just went wait what five thousand did i hear you right yeah you did. Um, we also be taking a look at why did Microsoft spend $7.5 billion on a gaming studio. And finally, we'll be taking a look at, well, at least a Screen Rant's review of Star Wars Squadrons. With well, that being said, let's head on over to our feature article. Alright, feature article of today is the iPhone 12. Um, we have news on it. Apple is finally setting the date for its latest iPhone's debut. This article comes to us from CNET. Now, just wanted to cover a couple of things on it. Um, the new device, rumored to be called the iPhone 12, is expected to include super-fast 5G wireless connectivity and a new iPad-inspired design, and it will be unveiled On October 13th at 10 a.m. Pacific, like Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference its September, Apple Watch and iPad announcements, the iPhone event will be held entirely online. The event will be streamed via Apple's website as per usual, but almost entirely uh, as per usual. Uh, Apple's fall product launch this year is expected to touch off a wave of upgrade purchases analysts say with fans eyeing the iPhone's rumored new 5G capabilities and boxier look, similar to that of the iPad Pro. Now, here's where the funny thing is. For all of you saying, well, I gotta get the latest iPhone, it has the 5G in it now, right? Even though they're, like, late to the game, and the and, uh, phone companies and, and manufacturers already have the 5Gs out on the product shelf list, you buy it, blah blah blah. Um, re- Remember this article that I covered at the beginning of this year, slash late last year, where it said... Yes, everybody's all going to be excited by the 5G coming down the pipes to smartphones and and, uh, um, smartphone companies, um, at least in terms of of wireless like Verizon or Sprint or T-Mobile, what have you. Uh, But just give it like a year or two to settle in. Don't just buy the new shiny thing unless you have to have it. Give it a little bit of time to sort out because the 5G stuff is still being set up. At scale. Tested. Making sure it's operating. Running efficiently. And then feel free to jump in. Because then by that time you will have uh, enough 5G where it actually feels worth it. As opposed to saying then to yourself. Future self. Why did you do this to me in the past? You screwed me over. You know, I could have waited and saved a bunch of money and gotten. Anyways. If you don't get that, then you're probably part of the group who just loves to buy everything new. So go ahead, have fun. Um, (laughs) a staggering 53% of respondents plan to buy this year's iPhone. According to a survey by, uh, electronics reseller declutter flashier rivals, such as the Samsung galaxy Z flip 2 five G with its foldable display or the Microsoft surface duo. Um, Offer new spins on the standard metal and glass smartphone construction, but most consumers will likely be gravitating toward what they know. And even if the new iPhone only offers a few new bells and whistles beyond a different outer design, it'll draw the lion's share of attention, obviously, because it's not that much different. Apple's Invite, which often has some clues, this time has an Apple logo inside circles with different colors, hues of blue, orange, and red. And there's this pun, high speed. Mm, please join us for a special Apple event from Apple Park. Watch it online at apple.com. There's a lot of speculating over what other mysteries could be hidden in the invite's meeting. Um, we're also expected to announce new over-ear headphones during the event, driving some people to wonder whether the circles have to do with audio sounds. It's interesting, interesting. Um. It also included an augmented reality trick on its website as it had for last month's event with circles on the invite turning into floating orbs that reveal the October 13th date. The star of Apple show, however, is expected to be its new iPhones, replacing the $799 iPhone 11, the $999 iPhone 11 Pro, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max, which started at $1099 when it launched in 2019. Um... We're also expecting a little bit more in regards to iOS 14. And there are some final rumors claiming that Apple might be offering a iPhone 12 mini. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? That's that's really all the details that we have. Love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. We are at Tech TechNewsGadget or even better, join us over on Discord. Head on over to TechNewsGadget.net and click on the link to join us over on Discord. It's free to do. Free to join, free to chat, and uh, free to stay up to date with the latest news because we actually have a secret channel, if you're a member, for free, that actually drops all the latest articles and news happening around the world uh, from a lot of various sources. Um, And by a lot, I mean a lot. So if you guys love getting your news junkie on, this will keep you entertained for hours at a time. I can guarantee you that. Join us over. Discord. Alright, moving right along to our next article. Um, This comes to us from Wired. A literal child and his mom are suing Nintendo over the Joy-Con drift. Now, (laughs) at this point, you're probably wondering, hey, Taylor, why can't I see you laughing and shaking your head over this article? Uh, it's because I'm not making the video available for this month. I'm also not doing the live show on Twitch like I usually would be at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, um, namely because not a lot of people tune in for the live show. Not a lot of people watch the YouTube video. Uh, if you're part of that former group, do let me know. But if you're part of the uh, group who listens via podcasting, which is a vast majority of you, um, you're not missing out on much, but you could be missing out on the show notes. The show notes for everything that we've covered today will be at technewsgadget.net. Now let's hop on into this article. It's... uh And a Joy-Con drift. Uh, A boy and his mother today filed a class-action lawsuit against Nintendo for not doing enough to fix a hardware problem common among Nintendo Switch controllers. It's one of several legal efforts related to the issue of Joy-Con drift, a phenomenon where the Switch Joy-Con controllers make in-game characters drift even when nobody is moving them. Um, The complaint filed in Northern California was brought by a woman named Luz Sanchez and her 9- or 10-year-old son, who is a minor, uh, only has initials referred to. The complaint describes how Sanchez purchased her son a Nintendo Switch in December 2018 when he was 8. Within a month, the complaint alleges his controllers began registering in-game movement when his hands weren't on them. Less than a year later, it says the Joy-Con drift became so pronounced that the controllers became inoperable for general gameplay use. So, uh... The mom then went and purchased another set of controllers, but seven months later, they began drifting, too. Now, it's um definitely pervasive among Switch devices. Um, It's just, can you guys figure out how to fix this stuff? So, but this isn't the first lawsuit. There is a lawsuit in 2019 uh, around a similar issue uh, that has been moved into arbitration, and a plaintiff's lawyers have been recently asking Switch users to submit videos describing their experiences with Joy-Con Drift to help bolster their case, and uh, uh, last month, actually, a French consumer group filed a complaint to alleging planned um, problems, um, or unplanned problems, uh, just weird Joy-Con Drift thing. Have you guys had any problems, for those of you who have a Joy-Con and a Nintendo uh, it looks like the plaintiffs in this suit are asking for over $5 million in damages. Um, it's unclear whether this case will head for arbitration as well, but the plaintiffs have raised an important question about Nintendo's responsibilities. And this is kind of what I want to focus in on. Businesses are obligated to disclose information about a product that would change the value of the product, um, says. Christine Bartholomew, a law professor at the University of Buffalo School of Law, if you're going to buy something that's a certain price, the value of the product would be quite different if you knew it would break in six months. If a company has that information and doesn't share it, that would be considered misconduct within the reach of law. Uh, Apparently, the nine-year-old isn't the first one to sue Nintendo. In 1990, a kid sued both the major league baseball and Nintendo because the forty dollar baseball game he got didn't live up to his expectations. This is but this is where the Joy-Con thing gets a little bit more problematic. The Joy-Con drift is less subjective, plus they cost eighty dollars to replace, so honestly, Nintendo, you might want to actually start fixing your hardware instead of going, oh, we need to come out with a new and a better game. Hey, why don't you fix the problem that people have been complaining about? And you'll find out that the games kind of fix themselves. Honestly, why is this so difficult? It's almost like trying to jump through a hoop. It's like 20 feet wide. um, And, and, and two feet off the ground. I mean honestly, some businesses you 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 got that. I was being totally facetious right um well in <laughs> in a um same vein, but kind of on a a, a juicier note um Facebook revenue chief says that the ad supported bottle is under assault amid apple privacy changes now <sighs> If you all could do a, me a solid really quick um be sure to share this episode with a friend if you're uh, getting uh, any entertainment value out of it um and if you're not getting any entertainment value out of it do let me know and i will do my bestest to be entertaining next time um scouts honor i swear uh <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh, f- from an, uh, a business perspective i could i can see the problem with this You all know how Facebook makes their money, right? They make it based off of ads that they serve up, just like YouTube and Google. Yeah. So how would you like to be told, if you're the chief revenue officer of a company, that the way that you make your money is going to be cut in half? Would that be kind of something you'd like to hear, or would you kind of be freaking out saying, "Where is this going? am i gonna are you are you trying to suck my company dry, siphon off all the money remove my market share kill my customers like what is going on? See Facebook does something that I've always generally been a fan of. I don't care about the ads they provide personalized ads and that's been their main revenue stream we all know it we all see it um customized advertising experience personalized to you ads delivered to you i've always been a fan of that but what i don't understand is people going oh my gosh they're harvesting my information and selling it no it at one of these times, I'm going to have an in-depth conversation about this weird little gray area of general ads and personalized ads and why I, it apparently exists and, and why some people are being too hard-nosed about something that's quite honestly a stupid argument to make. But that's for another time. Let's hop into the article. Facebook revenue – uh. Officer Chief David Fisher said Tuesday that the economic models that rely on personalized advertising are under assault as, get this, Apple readies a change that would limit the ability of Facebook and other companies to target ads and estimate how well they work. The change to Apple's identifier for advertisers, or IDFA, will give iPhone users the option to block tracking when opening an app it was originally planned for ios 14 a version of the iphone operating system that was released last month but apple said last month it was delaying the rollout until 2021 to give developers time to make necessary changes and fisher speaking at a virtual advertising week session on Tuesday, spoke about the changes after being asked about Facebook's vulnerability to the companies that control mobile platforms such as Apple and Google, which runs Android. Fisher argued that though there's angst and concern about the risks of technology, personalized and targeted advertising has been essential to help the internet grow. The economic model that not just we at Facebook, but so many businesses rely on, this model is worth preserving. And I, for one, would agree with that. One that makes content freely available and a business that makes it run and hum is via advertising, he said. And right now, frankly, some of that is under assault, that the very tools that entrepreneurs, that businesses are relying on right now are being threatened. To me, the changes that Apple has proposed, pretty sweeping ones, are going to hurt developers and businesses the most. Now, Obviously, Apple frames the change as preserving users' privacy rather than as an attack on the advertising industry and has been promoting its privacy features as a core reason to get an iPhone. It comes as consumers are increasingly wary about their online privacy following scandals with various companies. Uh, Facebook wasn't excluded from this group. It's very much included. Um, But for crying out loud, there's some information that goes online that you who the heck cares It's almost like a fart in the breeze. Like, who cares? Well, I don't want him to track that. who cares? I mean, honestly, the things that people get in the pickle about are really not worth the pickle. Um, Fisher said the company plans to defend its existing model. There are different business models out there. Apple has one that sells luxury hardware or subscription services, mainly to consumers like us, who are fortunate enough to have a lot of discretionary income in some of the world's wealthiest countries. That's fine, but I don't think it's appropriate to then dictate that has to be other business models. And one that we believe is so valuable, one that relies on advertising, in our case, personalized ads, to enable free products, enable businesses to launch and grow and thrive, we're going to defend that. We think it's really important that not just we, but our industry does that so um it's kind of an interesting thought worth sharing but i do want to hear what you guys have to think about this um if you are over listening to this on the website uh feel free to leave a comment otherwise we are on tech news uh at tech news gadget on twitter or we are on discord matter of fact i'd love to have this kind of conversation on discord for any of you more business-minded individuals um or, or even privacy-concerned individuals. I mean, how far does that bar go for you in terms of you don't cross this line when it comes to certain information being shared? I mean, <laughs> the one thing that I, that's I that been made apparent, and you'd understand this if you went through an advertising course in college or just took advertising courses at a community college, is that advertising has changed over the decades. Uh There used to never be this level of advertising, and then kind of what started it all off was this idea that, look, we can reach people on TV, on the radio, and they just started blasting general ads, and they said, people are so new to this, general ads, boom, it took off and now we kind of got the ads that we're used to today which is when you watch the TV you go, oh this ad's not for me oh here we go with another um, pill that they want to sell me or oh look it's Peloton, I don't have that much money yeah, right, duh because the the radio and the television people have no idea to track your specific interests and target ads to you Um, but the internet does but really, what's the big deal? of having them track some of that information. It doesn't have to be all of it. I mean, the, the, the technically the only private information that needs to be private is like your social security number, your address, your phone number, your name, your bank account information, you know, stuff like that. What you searched for last week in terms of trying to figure out what to make for grandma's birthday dinner. Who cares? Who cares? Really? Who cares? You can't find out about that. Who cares? I don't. I'm probably going to care i I could care less if it's a personalized ad or not if it's a personalized ad i would hope it's the best one they're able to find for me because i'm more interested in being targeted specifically not generally that's how you reach me people i'm talking to advertisers being people but uh, you know if you have differing views on this i'd love to hear from you um if you have similar views i'd love to hear from you as well because i'm trying to wonder like what is there some kind of disconnect going on that i'm not aware of because i like the whole personalized customized internet thing um it, it can be done at scale why do we have to be going back to this general stuff like having to watch 10 boring ads on tv about literally nothing um none of which are interested or appealing to me and then go, well, you guys just wasted that ad spot, but uh, kudos to you for making that money. Um, But I'm not going to buy any of it. It's it's way too generic or definitely not targeted towards me at all. Um, Which is what I say about like 99% of all television and radio ads are not targeted towards me at all because they don't know about me as the consumer, me as the individual, me as their target market. You want to know what does the internet And that's what's leveraged to us. So, that's all I really got to say about it. Apparently, Apple's fighting a war on many fronts. Um, (laughs) So, from a big business standpoint, this is entertaining to watch. Hence why I said, juicy. So, uh, we'll see what rolls out. And uh, hopefully, it'll be something beneficial for us, the consumers. Otherwise, I don't know. Maybe we should just start jumping on their throats and saying, hey, uh, you guys need to fix this. You guys need to do that and pushing back. I don't know. We'll find out. All right, moving on to some gadget news. Dell's first mini LED monitor is coming out. Um, It's bright, accurate, and $5,000. But (laughs) hold your horses there. It also comes with a stand. You look at me like, what? What the heck? Um, okay. Well, I'll have a link to this article in the show notes. Um, you can see the pictures and everything else that goes along with it. I'm not making a video available, um, to YouTube or, or live via, uh, Twitch. Um, just because I know most of you, virtually all of you enjoy listening to the podcast. Uh, so feel free to check the show notes at your leisure. Actually, if you are listening to this in a podcast app of your choice, the show notes should be right there and you can actually click right on the link or tap, generally, uh, on on an article that you want to read, and it'll take you right to it. Pretty cool, huh? Bet you didn't know that. And if you did, kudos. Now, if you've been following the Apple rumor mill in recent months, you'll know the company reportedly plans to start using mini-LED displays in some of its devices later this year. The tech offers many of the same benefits as OLED, including high contrast ratios and wide color gamut support, without the danger of burn-in. Now, those traits are what make it compelling for professional use, where features like color accuracy are in high demand. So it's no surprise that the tech is starting to make its way into professional-grade monitors. Now, for those of you who are more in the professional use category, this would be more uh, appealing to you. If you're more general use and you don't really care, probably not, but... Um, do keep in mind that the stuff on a higher end generally starts after a while trickling down to more mainstream general common use. Uh, so I will get it eventually alongside new 24 and 34 inch displays with the USB C connectivity and three new P series monitors Dell announced the ultra sharp 32 HDR premier color monitor on Tuesday. The company says it's the world's first monitor with 2,000 mini-LED backlit dimming zones with 99.8% DCI-P3 and 93% Adobe RGB color gamut coverage, as well as visa certified HDR1000 support, well, the 4K IPS panel should make any creative very happy. It also comes factory calibrated out of the box and features a built-in colorometer from Common, but if you swear by your x rite Color monkey. Well, there's a USB-A port at the front of the display that allows you to easily connect an external colorimeter. Um, but, yeah, keep in mind that it will set you back an eye-watering $5,000. But given that reference grade monitors can cost up to ten of thousands of dollars, Dell's latest monitor has a lot going for it, and even favors favorably against Apple's Pro Display XDR, which also starts at 5000 Dell's monitor also has the added advantage that you don't need to buy a separate stand. You can purchase it starting on November 5th. And now if you just take a look at the pictures, well, there you go. That's how it looks like, and, uh... Looks can be deceiving. Seeing it in real life is something completely different because pictures can only do so much. Um, for those who don't have an extra 5000 in the bank, the company also announced a nifty new soundbar that can magnetically attach to some of its monitors to create a clean audio setup. At launch, the peripheral is compatible with a handful of displays. You can buy the slim soundbar starting today for 55 bucks. So, there you go. Um... Yeah, real simple article. Let's hop on over to the next one. Okay, so exactly why did Microsoft spend at $7.5 billion on a gaming studio? Well, this article comes to us from the Game House. Uh, I wanted to cover it because it's kind of interesting. Um, it is a paid post. Um But gaming and esports are rapidly emerging to be huge money spinners with the deeper penetration of smartphones, high-speed internet connectivity, and the rise in the number of youth playing playing and buying gaming consoles. Online gaming has become a lucrative business. Many game developers and companies like Microsoft and Sony sponsor huge gaming events each year, with teams competing for the ultimate prize. Esports betting, too, has become popular among uh, many people. There are various dedicated websites which allow better to place wagers on games of their choice. Uh, League of Legends, obviously, along with Dota 2, CSGO, and a handful of others. Home gaming consoles were first popularized by Atari, which was followed by Nintendo and Sega. The late 80s and 90s saw both of these companies dominate the gaming market, and then, uh, you know, more competition showed up after that. Um, as their dominance on the hardware markets continue, the eyes of these two giants, Sony and Microsoft, is now in the same developers. And Microsoft made a huge splash by splurging 7.5 billion on Bethesda Studios. Um, Bethesda has about some historic games like Doom, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and Wolfenstein. The buyout will give Microsoft complete control over the studio and its games just in time for the launch of their next gen consoles. Along with Bethesda Studios, Microsoft will also gain control of ID Software, Arcane, Machine Games, um, and, and more, a handful of others. Historically, Xbox has always lagged behind the PlayStation in terms of exclusive games, but now with the buying of Zenimax, Microsoft now owns 23 leading game developer studios. The buy comes just in time for launch of the new Xbox consoles. And while not necessary that Microsoft will keep all future games uh, Xbox exclusives, it might offer some of the biggest titles like Doom or Elder Scrolls as exclusive Xbox titles, greatly boosting its demand or maybe even dropping them into gold, uh, among other things. I don't know. It's... uh, from an outsider looking in and thinking about this, Microsoft also purchased uh, Halo exclusively, but it's, yet yeah, it's played on everything else. Uh, or, well, Xbox, really, uh, generally and only. So I don't know. We'll see how it shakes up, because I know there was one complaint kind of when they were bought out Uh, And then it kind of went exclusively to Xbox. So what about um, cross-console support? What about PC? Because there's a huge community on PC. Um, There still is to some extent. But it's been lessened by the fact that it's Xbox priority? I don't know. The final goal of Microsoft might not just be to offer exclusive titles but could be to manage the releases, sharing resources with game engines, managing budgets, and more importantly, managing the dis- distribution of future games. And that's kind of the main crux of the whole article is managing distribution, seen as how they're launching xCloud and Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold, blah, blah, blah. Um, Microsoft definitely has plenty of options um, in their arsenal that they can use. The question is can be can they be nimble and quick enough to pull it off and do a good job about it because we saw what they did with other games and other studios and just ran them in the ground or killed the whole entire game so I'm kind of split on this personally um, it looks like Microsoft is trying to differentiate itself from the competition but I'd love to hear your thoughts are, are, are you looking forward to this do you think is going to kind of make any dent in terms of market share over Sony? Are they are they trying to go for something else completely different and reinventing themselves? Now, keep in mind, Microsoft is the same company that had Mixer. Like, Mixer was a company that was running by itself as direct competition to Twitch. Mixer went around, and they started getting some traction, and they started doing really well, and they were bought out. By Microsoft, and then Microsoft is like, "Yeah, we know exactly what we're doing." Blah blah blah. We can finally take on Twitch. Yeah, and then they kind of just—I don't, I don't, I don't know what they did. They just mismanaged it or, or totally read the wrong signs, completely missed what was going on, and 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 Twitch just dominated, just stomped over everything. And then Facebook came out and dominated. Facebook Gaming stomped over a bunch of stuff too, and. YouTube gaming came out, and and Mixer was kind of left severely in the dust, um, to the point that they, this year, earlier, decided, you know what? Mixer the experiment is done! And they shut it down, and disassembled the pieces, and shipped it out around the rest of their company. I mean, this is one of the main irks that gets me for why Notch sold off minecraft to microsoft um because you could just see it just kind of dispersed into the ether of well actually the black hole of microsoft uh because it's almost like they have no idea what the heck they're doing put good people in charge or keep the team on i don't so i'm it's almost too big of a question for me to handle it or even unpacking a show i should probably start a second podcast and just disseminate some of my thoughts out and have conversations with some of you listeners That'd kind of be interesting. I could totally do that. But yeah, this is I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean I've been I've been hearing comments for uh the acquisition of Microsoft by Bethesda and against I'm kind of undecided still at this point. We'll see how it pans out, but I'm generally negative because I've seen how their other deals work out, which is they usually run them a little bit, it pops up in popularity a little bit, and then it just takes a straight nose dive until it crashes and burns, blows up in their faces, and then they just take the parts, pull them off to their own little respective areas, and they just go. What happened? I don't. I don't know. So we'll see how it pans out. Alright, and our final article today, I know I probably should have covered this a little bit earlier in the show, but uh, um, Star Wars Squadrons. Yes, um, it's come out, it's been out for a while, and here is Screen Rant's review on it. I will have a link to this in the show notes that you can get access to by visiting technewsgadget.net or pulling up in the uh, show notes of the app that you're using to listen to this podcast, Star Wars Squadrons is a worthy heir to the glory that was the Rogue Squadron series. Players have been given a new experience in Star Wars Squadrons that will no doubt be a favorite for new generations of gamers who missed out on the titles that served as both its foundation and its inspiration. Star Wars Squadrons bases its gameplay around a core loop of content that doesn't really get old despite its simplicity, where there are a few bugs out of date uh, and out of the gate Sorry, the game plays well overall and takes players on a ride through an important but often forgotten section of the Star Wars universe. Star Wars Squadrons also provides a welcome look into the forces of the dark side and the inner workings of the Empire. So, um, they do have a TLDR. They do have pictures, a couple of videos that goes along with it. Um, it is available on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, Screen Rant was provided with a PlayStation 4 review. For this one. Um, let's just see a look over the highlights. Um, learning to control. The ships can be a bit of a challenge in either mode. Especially for players who aren't used to flight sims. Um, in terms of performance. It runs well for the most part. But certainly exhibits its fair share of issues. That being <coughs> Stuttering. And frame skipping. Can you get normal cough? Or is it COVID only now? I don't know um there's also lip syncing would drop out from time to time during cutscenes, uh but the biggest issue is a number of crashes that occurred during hardware intensive sections of gameplay hopefully that'll be patched up within due time but it was a major problem on day one um story is serviceable but isn't groundbreaking by any means but it does the job well enough um there's a general back and forth between two factions um but it's a welcome addition. Players are used to seeing all the ins and outs of the rebellion. It's a little bit nice to be involved in the planning meetings for Imperial missions for once. Um, it's a, I guess, an annoying issue is that much of the story is delivered through conversations with members of the crew, but the player is unable to explore the ship and address these people. Um, so that's a frustration. The player is locked into a first-person view of the hangar and must click on which person they want to speak to. <clears throat> so there's a little bit of a problem there, but overall, uh, the review says that Squadrons is a great game, with challenging fun reminiscent of the property's golden years in gaming, while also serving as proof that a Star Wars experience doesn't need microtransactions, and that's the big one, to be successful. However, um, there are some bugs, so some players may want to wait a while to pick up a copy until it's a little bit more stable. Um, but Screen Rant gave this one a 4.0 out of five so uh, that's your thoughts on that if you wanted to wait a little bit longer to pick it up or if you want to pick it up right now play it with the bugs and then kind of wait until it gets patched out feel free to do so um, but star wars squadrons is out for a bunch of platforms and do if you pick it up have fun and enjoy and with that being said, that wraps up this episode of Lace and Tech News. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes every weekday. Lace and Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and wherever else podcasts are found. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know by um, leaving a review or sharing this episode with a friend. Also, double check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host Taylor Merrick, and Remember for Lace and Tech gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.